This is Chris Shelton, your host, and thank you for welcoming me into your home again this week. So glad that you are tuning in. And uh, this week, we're going to do something a little different. I'm going to monologue here this week. This is just little old me. Um, we will have interviews and various other things coming up in the next few weeks, but, uh, but this week, you get me. And what am I doing this week? I am doing something I have never done before, at least not this, you know, way. And that is, I thought I might try to share a little life advice, a little personal wisdom, a little, hey, here's what 10 years out of a cult has brought me. And I, and it was a funny thing, the, 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 um, way I came up with the idea for doing this episode because I was going through old posts on social media and I was looking at stuff I posted when I first got out of Scientology, first got on the internet. Um, I had downloaded, I deleted my old Facebook account a while back, but I had downloaded all of it first and gotten the whole all the pictures and graphics and messages and everything I gave, uh, which is why I have some things that I've that I've shared recently. And uh, in looking through all of that, I came across something that I thought was very funny. It reminded me of, I think it was almost about eight or nine years ago that I put this together. And it was my collective wisdom of, of, of life from about nine years ago. And I looked at it and I thought, you know, some of this has held up really well and some of it not so much. Or more importantly and more to the point, my views have changed. They have grown or evolved or been, you know, modified uh, by life events and thinking and and talking and discussing and all of that. And I thought maybe it might be a little fun if I offered some of this as advice or points of interest. Because uh, I do, you know, the, the danger in doing something like this, at least for someone like me who thinks the way that I do, is that I, there is no, in no way, shape, or form, do I want to be anybody's guru. Uh, you know, that's a dangerous place to be when people are hanging on your every word or wondering what your next word of wisdom is going to be or, you know, or, or sort of fitting their life to your guidelines. That always disturbs the hell out of me. And I try not to do that with anybody. I try not to have any kind of, of, of authority figures in my life who who rule the way that I think and act, and yet I know the folly of that. I know how silly that is of me to even say that because, of course, there are opinion leaders and thought leaders and people out there who have authority in certain fields and areas, and I listen very closely to what they say. And I do try to, uh, you know, temper my behavior and temper my judgments based on some of their ideas. How could I not? How could any of us not? It's how we're built. And uh, so instead of, you know, sort of uh, all I can say then is, well, look, I'm not putting this out there, you know, in some Jordan Peterson 11, 10 rules for happy living or something. I just thought, you know, here's how I put this out there at the beginning. I will, I will share these with you on the screen as we go. Uh, there are 10 points here, and I thought these were not things you should do, to how you should act, how you should be. It's more 10, the top 10 things I've learned so far. 
And this was sort of, uh, you know, a, a, a condensation of ideas or, you know, let's let's put some things down and let's see what people think about this. And it didn't particularly make a huge splash when I first posted this years ago. And I don't know that it's going to make a big splash now. But I thought, well, you know, all the education, all the recovery, all the work, all the thinking, all the talking, what is it all total up to? Do we have any lessons here? Do we have any things, any points of observation or wisdom that we can share? Well, maybe, maybe. Maybe this will work for some of you. Maybe some of you might hear some of these things and go, ah, Chris, he's a nut. You know, it doesn't apply to me at all. I don't, that doesn't make any sense. Whatever, you know. But here we go. Uh, the top 10 things I've learned so far. Number one, life is going to happen whether you want it to or not. There's an obvious truth. Uh, and yet, how many of us try to take a break, get away, escape, you know, deny that reality is going on right now? You know, this kind of escapism, denialism is a very strong driver for a lot of us. We want to get away and we want to get away from it all. And yet, you know, we want everything to just stop. Let me get it all under control. Let me figure it all out. Let me work all this out. And life doesn't really cooperate very well with that. And it's not really, I have found at least, it's, you know, trying to stop and control everything and hold it all in place and, and freak out that we can't do that in the moment or over the long term. It's just probably not a very good way for us to approach things. You know, life is going to happen whether you want it to or not. In other words, things are going to happen. Shit happens is, you know, another way of putting that. But not just shit. You know, good things are part of life as well. In fact, if we really add up our experiences and add up all the things that have happened to us, unless you've been somebody like me who has grown up in a destructive cult and had decades of abuse as the sort of routine of your life, for the most part, and even in that world, Lots of good things happen to us all the time, but we have this negativity bias. We have this thing that, you know, we have to focus and concentrate our attention on the threats and the dangers and the problems and the controversies and the entanglements, even if it's other people, even if we're, if we're experiencing this vicariously through other people. It's, a, it's, a, it's this weird sort of need we have to always be aware of the threats and dangers in our environment. And once we are at a level where... You know, here in the United States, here in the first world, you know, we're not really threatened by spears and axes and swords and knives and guns that often. Instead, we're threatened by words. And we even make it out that words are violence, which I used to believe, and I don't anymore. But uh, anyway, point is that, you know, there's lots of good things that are going to happen to us actually way more often than the bad things happen but we focus on the bad. And uh, I think we just need a little reminder from time to time that, you know, these things are going to happen regardless of whether we want them to or not. And, and included in this thought, at least for me in retrospect, was the idea of karma or fate or this idea that you're going to pull things in, that somehow you're responsible for the bad, awful things that happen completely by random chance to you. And that's something that I used to run with often and a lot and, and really guilted myself an awful lot over things that I 
was not at all responsible for and never deserved and didn't need to be held responsible for. So just a little reminder out there about that, that, you know, things are going to happen, things are going to move forward, and there is no stopping it. There are no brakes on this ride, and sometimes it feels very out of control. But know that there's probably a calm coming, there's probably a, an eddy you can sort of go a little slowly in for a little while and not be in the rushes and the white water. And... You know, and that's and that's uh, something to look forward to <laughs> during those times of of tumultuous awfulness, I suppose. Moving along here, um, you know, I just I think I needed to remind myself of that at that time, writing that down and thinking about it now is as it's just, you know, it's just a sort of a, an acceptance. I think that's what it is. I think it's a point of acceptance, you know, and a point of, you know, on those five stages where you kind of realize, oh, yeah, they're gone. They're not around anymore. I can, I'm going to keep going and it's going to be okay and life is going to go on. You know, that, that kind of thought was also part of that. Two, not everyone you meet is going to like you ever, no matter what you do. Now, that was a lot more important to me, you know, eight or nine years ago than it is now. Uh, but that's only because I have come to accept it as a, as a fact. When I first wrote it down, was first thinking about this, it was a point of turmoil and upset for me. I was very frustrated about this. I came from a place where I believed that everybody could get on the same page eventually, that eventually we'd all agree, you know, we're all Scientologists, we just don't know it yet, right? That's what we used to tell ourselves as Scientologists, is everybody's a Scientologist, they just don't know it yet. Well, that's total bullshit. Not anybody, no, no group of people are always going to agree on any one thing. And in fact, and, no, and we're never going to have the situation where everybody's going to agree on any one thing. There's always some counter argument. There's always somebody with a different point of view. There's always somebody who has to be contrarian. It's just, it's just in us to be that way. But more importantly, not everybody is going to like you. And that is where I used to fall down so hard, is, is learning to accept that simple fact. Some of us picked this up really early on and well done on those of you who did. Some of us didn't. Some of us took a lot longer and really spent an awful lot of time, decades even, uh, trying so hard to try to please all the people in our environment, all the people in our world, wanting to make them happy with us, wanting them to like us, wanting them to get along with us, wanting them to think favorably about us. And it's a harsh truth. Uh, it's a harsh reality. Um, you know, but at the same time, it's a kind truth. It's, you know, it's kind of both at the same time that it really just depends on how you think about it. If you're craving everybody liking you, if you want everybody to be on the same page as you, you are going to lead a life of endless frustration and ultimately suck the joy out of yourself, chasing approval, chasing happiness uh, that other people are supposed to give you. And that doesn't, it just doesn't work that way. All the happiness you know, I got, I hate it when I end up finding thoughts in my mind that parallel things I learned in Scientology. And yet I think I've established pretty well at this point that there's all kinds of things that are true in Scientology. It's just they're all twisted and messed with, and you're messed with and twisted so much that you, uh, that those truths become, 
lies. They become problems. But it is true that, and, and L. Ron Hubbard did happen to say that, you know, all the happiness you ever want and need, you know, is going to be found inside you. That's where it comes from. And, and you can't rely on other people to make you happy or give you happiness or, or like you. And that's kind of where that goes. At least it was for me. I wanted people so desperately to like me because I thought that's what would make me happy. And chasing and chasing and chasing that is, uh, like I said, the fastest way I can think of to suck all the happiness and joy out of your life. And also, by the way, make it impossible for people to like you. Because the thing that people like in us, I've found at least, is the genuine and genuineness and honesty that we bring. And when you're trying to make everybody like you, you, you cannot help but compromise your own values and your integrity because you want to agree with them even when you really don't. That's not, that's not a way to go. So... Another point uh, out there that is just something to know and learn and not let yourself get hung up on. Boy, did it take me a long time to get past that. I'm not suggesting, by the way, that any of these points or things you're going to hear or learn today and go, oh, my God, and your whole life is just going to change on a dime. Uh, it's not even what I want out of this. These are just things. These are just you know tidbits for thought. These are things I want you to think about. Uh, okay, so not everybody's going to like you. Number three, no one ever said life is fair or even that it's supposed to be. Now, I realize in reading that years after the fact that lots of people have said those things, actually. A whole bunch of people, including maybe your parents, your pastor, your teachers, your friends. Everybody has this innate sense of karmic justice, and it's called tit for tat. It's the most basic equation or formula that I think life understands in terms of action. Oh, you hit me? I'm going to hit you back. <laughs> it's, it's the mo I mean, cells, individual uh, cells of life understand this equation. It's a very, very basic thing. And we all build our entire set of moral foundations and uh, group ideas and manners and etiquette. All of it is built around this basic concept of tit for tat, right? You hit me, I hit you. Eye for eye, all that. That's the negative side. There's positive as well, right? You, you benefit me. I feel compelled to benefit you. You pay it forward, I feel compelled to pay it forward too, you know? It's, it goes both ways. It's not just bad, it's also good. But the fact is that that might be something that we feel compelled to, to drive us, but it's not how the universe works. The universe doesn't work on that principle of fairness and equality and karmic justice and tit for tat. If there's a tit, there always has to be a tat. No, it doesn't. That's life intruding its will on the universe. The universe doesn't care. It's a very, very uncaring, unthinking, random, chaotic place. We're the ones who bring the order. We're the ones who frame things according to the way we either want to see them or we feel they should be. And that's the template we lay over the universe, and, view, and that's how we view it. But the universe itself doesn't, doesn't care at all about any of that. 
And it certainly doesn't care about, you know, uh, making up for or, um, um, yeah, the, the universe doesn't care about making up for whatever wrongs you've experienced in your life. You're the only one who cares about that. So, uh, so it can be a little bit tough to accept that, to deal with that, right? And again, it's one of those things where I wrote it down and I was like, yeah, this is a tough one. And yet, here it is. Whoever actually said that, who actually could say for real that that's true, that there is karmic justice and, and universal uh, balancing and, uh, and, and the scales that somehow exist in some cosmic realm that, that watch over us and, and balance things out. It's, it, it, no, that's not how anything works. And if you, if you go to, too far down that road, you're going to be endlessly frustrated and, and very, very upset at the conditions that you run into in life. It just so happens that shit happens, and it just so happens that um, we're just going to have to that, – that, that, that I believe a happier, more accepting, more understanding life is one that accepts that reality as hard as it might be. And this challenge is an awful lot of faith-based concepts, I know, I know. Uh, and, and it's probably one uh, I won't get a lot of agreement on, but thought I'd throw it out there anyway. Number four, every single day, stupid people are going to do stupid things no matter how, you, how hard you try to stop them. But the smart ones will too. And by that, of course, I meant that we're all kind of idiots from time to time. We're all stupid, right? We all act that way. There are no, there, you know, there, there are stupid people, but really are there, you know, like there's this kind of view you can have about this. You can look down on other people who you perceive through some metric are less than you, have less value than you because they're, they don't know things you know, or they didn't have the same opportunities you had, or they choose not to take those opportunities. And you look down on them. You judge them. Of course you do. We all do. Um, that's a thing. But I wrote this to point out and remind myself that as dumb and judgmental as, as judgmental as I can be about dumb people or stupid things that people get up to, I have to remind myself that I was in a cult for 27 years. And I can participated in things that are laughably stupid, horribly stupid, even tragically stupid, consequentially. And I was a ready, willing, knowing, and able participant in all of it. So where do I get to come out of that? come to realize how wrong I was and then sit in judgment of everybody else doing the same crap I was. Kind of silly. So I kind of wrote this down as something to know and learn because it's about, this is where the balance exists in the universe in terms of the human experience is all of us are the stupid person and the smart person. It all just depends on when you see us, when you run into us. If any of you had run into me 30 years ago, you would have thought I was one of the dumbest people you'd ever had anything to do with. And I kind of was. Am I now? Well, if you ask some people, I am. 
<laughs> but I've learned an awful lot and I've had an awful lot of water go under the bridge since then. And I've had an awful lot of experience and I'm not going to repeat those same mistakes again, but I am absolutely positive I'll, I'll uh, commit a thousand more, uh, you know, just because I'm not seeing it coming, just because I don't know things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We all know this, but it's important to kind of point this out from time to time because we all get on our high horses. All of us get on our moral high horses and we look down our long noses at people and we judge them for things that we ourselves have done. And it's important to remember there's a balance there and we're all part of that balance. Number five, if you want to bring about real change in the world, you won't do it part time. And this was sort of my little slam or hit at, you know, internet gurus and people, you know, throwing up posts all the time about how they know all and, and they're going to change everything and this tweet's going to change the world. You know, this kind of observation. I, I was certainly participating in that kind of activism myself for an awful long time. And I still tweet on a daily basis practically, but I'm not, I'm not convincing myself or, or fooling myself anymore that this is changing the world. World. It's not. It's not even having a d d d slightest, you know, dimmest effect on the world at large. N no one cares what I'm tweeting, right? I got, I, you know, a couple uh, thousand people following me and big deal. You know, it's not that big of a thing. That's not how you make things change. You make things change through personal interaction by going out and getting in front of people and meeting and greeting them and talking with them and helping them and working with them and having them work and talk and help with you. You know, it's the back and forth of it. That's how we change the world is one person at a time, one thing at a time, one event at a time, not one tweet at a time. <laughs> and if you're going to do it, and, and the other thing about this, the other point I was trying to make with this, uh, you know, if, you're, if you want to bring about real change in the world, you won't do it part time is is the realization that we can't change everything. We can, there are so many things that need to be changed, that we want to change, that we want to improve or grow or, or, or make better. You're going to have to change, you're going to have to choose your lane. You're going to have to choose something and you're going to have to go for it. And if you really want to see change, that's how it happens. You group up with other people who want, to, who want just as badly to see the same kind of change you want and you work with them. And believe me, you're not always going to get along with them. And that's okay. As long as you're all moving the ball down the road, you don't even have to necessarily talk to each other that much, but you got to, you know, recognizing you're all working on the same thing and really dedicating yourself to that cause is how you, you create the motion and energy necessary to create that change. You're not going to do it part time and don't think you will, you know, your random social media tweets and, and follows and, and likes and all of that are very helpful for spreading messages. That's about it. That's as far as it goes. You're not doing anything more than that. And it's very, very important that we, uh, you know, that I certainly needed to learn that lesson. And as somebody who's on social media all the time trying to affect change, I needed to remind myself you know, that there's really only so much change you're going to be able to create. So focus the attention, direct it on a channel and work your ass off on that. And maybe, maybe you will be able to create some small change. And if you're expecting that you're going to do more than that, 
maybe you might want to dial it back a little bit. Just to keep yourself happy. <laughs> Not because you cannot make big things happen. We do. But it's mostly luck that makes that happen. And a lot, a lot of hard work. And uh, anyway, kind of important to, to keep a level head and keep that perspective in mind. Number six, this is a fun one for me, expecting a politician to do anything that is not in his or her best interests is like expecting a baby to not cry. It's simply in their DNA. And this wasn't even a jab. This was more of a thought of, oh, yeah, right. You know, it's one of those things of, well, what is politics? It's a popularity contest. It's not about facts and reason and evidence and moving the ball down the road in terms of legislation that's going to be scientifically sound and rationally thought through and, you know, no unintended consequences. That's not how our government runs. That's not how at a city, state, county, or national level, uh, it just doesn't work that way. It works through accident, happenstance, and uh, Con and conflicting interests, fighting it out, duking it out all the time, and trying to make a go of things. And that's, that's, how the, that's the system we have. And so to expect people to come into this system and be able to maintain integrity, <laughs> you know, I think we all know where that goes. Um, so again, expecting somebody in a world of popularity contests to do or act in a way that is counter to their best interest, it's almost delusional because the system itself demands it and it only promotes people in that system who are acting exactly that way. Uh, it's awful. It's kind of horrible, but it's, uh, it is what it is. It beats out authoritarianism. 100% of the time. So I'll take it. But we have to be, we have to keep a level head and a clear, you know, sort of clear vision of, of what's really going on. A popularity contest is not the most logical, rational way to run a country. And yet it's what we do. Kind of wild, isn't it? I know it's only, and we only do that because all the alternatives are so much worse. <laughs> I find that fascinating. All right. Number seven. Some of the most wondrous, awesome, and incredible people are out there waiting to be part of your life. You'll only find them if you go out there too. This was my little reminder to myself that I need to get out of the house sometimes, that social activities are not, you know, horrible, awful things, that getting to know people uh, is a wondrous and fantastic experience, even when it's people you don't necessarily like or people who rub you the wrong way. Okay, you had an experience. Move on, right? It doesn't. You don't have to make the, you know take every encounter or social situation and commit the logical fallacy of overgeneralization, where oh, you met one bad person or a couple bad apples, and suddenly everybody sucks. Nah, don't do that to yourself. There are amazing people out there. In fact, the majority of the world are actually really good people who are just trying to get along, just trying to get by, just trying to make do, just trying to have some social friends and some, and some camaraderie and some, you know, uh, good times with one another. That's who the world is. That's what the world's full of. 
and unfortunately, as we all know, you know, there are those predators out there and we all run into them. All of us, statistically speaking, there isn't any human being who hasn't come across many predators in their life. And we all know we don't really like them very much, but don't make the mistake of thinking they're all like that. That's kind of the point, right? Because uh, you deny yourself an awful lot of experience and you let them win when you do that. If you pull your flippers in, if you interiorize, if you introvert and stay home and don't go out and don't socialize and don't make friends and don't meet people because you're in fear of those predators, they have won. It's true. It's what they want. They want you in fear. They want you cowering. They want you under control. They don't want you out and about living a happy life. They are anti-life. And that's, you win by ignoring them, by not letting them control you, by not letting them affect you. And this was my reminder to myself about that. And it's true. I still think that's absolutely true. All right. Number eight. No one can force you to think, nor should they have to. And this was obviously a little frustrating. Uh, I was born out of a little frustration with uh, running into people who don't think, right? And all of us don't think. Again, this is the same thing of you do it, I do it, we all do it. Uh, and so what, right? Uh, the, the point is that you shouldn't be forced to think. You, In other words... This is that discipline of critical thinking I'm always going on about. Uh, I have to remind myself about it constantly. I remind you guys about it constantly. Because it's the only way you're going to stay out of dangerous situations and, and see red flags for what they are and act on them is, is keeping, some, keeping your head straight, you know, being mindful of your circumstances and surroundings. And, and keeping, a, keeping your head about you is thinking. That's the act of thinking. And uh, we all need to do a lot more of it, I think. You know, there's a lot of people out there, especially gurus. I was reminded of this today, in fact. There's an awful lot of gurus out there who tell you not to think, who tell you only to feel, to go with your feelings. If it feels right, do it. Go with the flow. Make it happen. You know, this kind of thing. Making things go right. Don't think. Act. You know, this kind of approach, right? You know, you already know what's right for you. Just do it. This is this all of this advice is horrible advice, which is not to say you should spend three days thinking about every single decision you make, but certainly when it comes to money, time, investment, commitment, responsibility, these are things you should be thinking about. And uh, and unfortunately, not most most of us don't. So thought I'd throw that out there as a little reminder that people shouldn't have to remind you to think, <laughs> but they do. And here I am doing it. So, uh, there you go. Number nine, you can learn something important from every single person you ever meet. It's true. It's absolutely true. Even your worst enemies have taught you some of the most important and valuable life lessons, you know, and you never want to see those people again, <laughs> nor should you want to, or have to. My point is, everybody can teach you something. Good people can teach you things. Bad people can teach you things. Indifferent, middle-of-the-road people can teach you things. Some of the most balanced perspective I've ever encountered came from very non-inflammatory, centrist, moderate people. Some of the other life lessons I've learned that have stuck with me forever have been taught to me by my worst foes, people I don't see anything the same as they do. 
and other great life advice, other great lessons that I've learned have been taught to me by people that I absolutely loved and adored and admired and uh, all but worshipped. So the full spectrum, in other words. We can learn from all of it, and we should always be mindful of that because in this day and age, an awful lot of folks out there uh, believe that shutting things down, blocking people off, um, you know, and I'm talking here about knowledge now. I'm not talking about people who are insulting you or vile predators. Obviously, we want to cut those people out of our lives. They have something to teach us. There are predators, and they are bad people, and we should stay away from them. That's a lesson, and you can learn that and stay away from them. But don't be so quick when you don't know somebody and you don't know where they're coming from or you think you know where they're coming from, but you don't, right? Don't be so quick to harshly judge and block and cut them out. They might have something to teach you. So uh, that's, again, a little reminder for myself, a little thing that, that made a lot of sense to me and uh, something I am having to learn and relearn and relearn and relearn over and over again over the years uh, as I have encountered uh, ideas that I have agreed with, ideas I haven't agreed with, and ideas I thought were absolutely vile. Well, you think about it for a little while and you look at it from another point of view and you come to realize, hey, maybe that's not exactly what they meant. Maybe they meant something different where it really wasn't so vile and it really wasn't, but I thought it was because, you know, they're on the wrong side of the political aisle or the religious aisle or the moral aisle or whatever, you know, just a little encouragement to be a little open-minded, I suppose. And finally, number 10, comfort from relationships is not a substitute for being comfortable with yourself. Very hard, very tough one. Uh, you know, are you okay with yourself? Are you okay in your own skin? Are you somebody you like? Are you somebody that you think other people would like? You know, uh, are you trying to make up for those deficiencies by, uh, with other people's approval or love or liking? Are you trying to fill some void within yourself with other people? If you are, I can guarantee you inevitably you will be disappointed and upset because they will never be able to do that because there are some things within yourself that only you can fill. And your own personal happiness and joy, your own uh, personal sense of meaning and purpose and well-being, these are things you have to determine for yourself. The more you lay those on other people, they will be more than happy to tell you how to live your life, what's right and wrong, what you should spend your money on, where you should go, who you should talk to. You will find no shortage of people out there who will be more than happy to control every aspect of your life for you if you let them. Uh, but if you're trying to fill some emptiness or lack of purpose or meaning within yourself with other people, that is a route to failure and frustration. You have got to find that inner joy, that inner voice within yourself that is who you are. And you have to give yourself purpose and meaning and direction because nobody else can do that for you. Other people can suggest things. Other people might have great ideas but that meaning and purpose you're going to find from things is something you have to generate. And you're only going to end up making other people really miserable with you if you, tried, if you keep trying to put that on them to fill you. You know, this is, not, this is hardly original thinking to me, but it is something I feel very, very, very strongly about. Um, I've lived every mistake uh, on that road. And 
and now there i believe for real for for real 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 here i really believe that the reason i have the 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 strong marriage and relationship that i feel i have and the friends and relationships i have outside of my marriage of course all of them are better and are more meaningful and are more substantial in my life because of the fact that I'm okay with myself and I know what direction and what, what meaning my life has for me. And that's, a, that's an important point, you know, and one I wanted to share is, is I can find that in myself. I think you all can find that in yourself too. Uh, it's not necessarily something you figure out overnight. It's not necessarily something that is easy to do. It's not a walk in the park for everybody. There's a lot of looking, searching, learning that we have to do um, sometimes, right? Other times, some of you listening, watching this, hey, I'm fine. I'm great with myself. Everything's wonderful. Great. Cheers. You know, this doesn't have to be some big life vision quest. But for those of you who are struggling with this, I just want to remind you that um, that you need to find that purpose and meaning within yourself before other people are going to be able to substantially contribute to uh, your life. You know, and that I think is probably one of the most important points I could talk about in terms of why it is it is that people will get involved in bad relationships, cultic situations, whatever, is because they're not sorting that out for themselves. And I say that as though it's so easy, and I don't even mean to imply that it is. I know it's not, um, but it still remains a fact. Right? Don't put your stuff on other people and expect them to be able to fill you. You, you, it's a, it's a, it's not, that's not how healthy, beneficial, you know, boundaried relationships work. I guess I could say, and that's that's my thing. That's my take on it. Maybe other people have other views on that, but that's how I see it. So, all right, my ten top things I've learned so far and commentary on them. Uh, thank you very much for coming around and listening to me blabble on about this. I hope some of this might have been uh, informative, educational, entertaining in some fashion, useful. Even if you completely disagree with something that I've said, I'd be very interested in hearing what you have to say and why. Uh, so put it in the comments. Let me know. Let me know your feedback. And also, of course, I'd very much like to know what are the top 10 things you guys have learned? Do you want to share any of them with me? If so, put them in the comments. Let me know. Uh, I am very curious and interested, and it's not my plan to harshly judge or criticize anybody for what they have to say to me on this one. I'm very interested in your views. All right. That all being said, thanks for coming around. I'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.